previously on the double feature show. Right, pick a number between one and ten. I'm going to go for three this time. Three. Right, this is on randomwordgenerator.com for those who want to join in. And I'm going to hit the generate random word three times because I have big hands and often I hit it by mistake. And so we go one, we go two, we go three. Economic. Pardon? Economic. Economic. And now this... Economic. The parents from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, the beginning here, they're like, no parties, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. They met on Ferris Bueller's Day Off in 86. And they got right. married. They have since divorced, but they got married after meeting at Ferris wow. Bueller's and had a daughter. I didn't know that. But I didn't know that until Conan O'Brien told me. It's the Double Feature Show. I'm Gav Smith. That voice was not Ben Jones, because that is... Matt Zitron. Ben, unfortunately, after last episode where we talked wonderfully about Midnight, has decided that, for personal reasons, podcasting maybe isn't for him right now. He may come back at some point in the future, and we can do a triple feature, which sounds completely wrong. Um, (laughs) Or very, very right. Possibly very, very right. You are correct. But... Matt has agreed to join me for the rest of the series, and however long that series is, we do not know. So, every episode, we will pick a random word, and then myself and Matt will choose a film that is tenuously linked to that, and we will create a double feature. That sound about right? Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I was really worried, actually, with Ben, that I was going to have to do like a Highlander-style sword fight and chop his head off. But you said that was unnecessary. Absolutely, yeah. I'm taking it more of like a, a Doctor Who that you've regenerated. Yes. So Ben's regenerated into you. Degenerated is probably a, a fairer. <laughs> Degeneration, regeneration, who knows? It's one of those things. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we pick in this random word. So the, the word that Ben picked at the end of the last episode was economic. Economic, which is a great word. And it gave me all sorts of ideas for different films. But because I think it's fair, you're new to the show, that you should do your film first. Is that all right? Yeah, that's all right. Um, Right. Do you want me (laughs) to, without, so I think we should maybe explain to people, actually, because when I started, I said to Gav, how do we know we're not going to pick the same film? Because we don't actually find out until right now. So what, what I've been told is we uh, the first thing we do is share the year. So we share the year of our film, and then if it doesn't match, all good. If it does match, we then go through IMDb to try and rule out that we're not just having a, a, a similar film that came out in a similar year, which, as we all know, is fairly common. Um, so yeah, yeah. We have discussed the year, so I'll give you a few clues and see if you can guess it. And if you can't, um, you owe me six grand. Um, six? Six, sorry, very specific. Uh, I want a signed American football helmet. Um, right. So, All right, okay, fair enough. Then that's six grand, is it? Yeah, well, I've just, it's an arbitrary number. I've decided it's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. So, my film is from 1985. It is a comedy, mm-hmm. but not directed by a usual comedy director. 
and it features the lead is, and I don't even think this is arguably, he is one of the greatest comedians of all time. Stand-up comedians of all time. I mean, he was a great comic actor as well. Okay. Do you want to try and hazard a guess? 85, stand-up, a great stand-up comedian, economic, directed by someone who doesn't normally do comedy. Yes. God, no. I'm, 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 I'm drawing blanks there. Absolutely drawing blanks there, Matt. Go I on, have you're going to have to help me. The, oh, shall I, shall I go forth with what I've chosen? or? Go, 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 no, go, go. I have chosen, and it's 102 minutes, which for me is, you know, is close to 90 years. 102 minutes. It is the exceptional Brewster's Millions. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. He inherited it. If you can do it, you get 300 million. But if you fail, don't get deadly. Why can't I tell my friends? Because I don't want anybody helping me out. Richard Pryor and John Candy. It's like that old saying, you know, if more money, I'd be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Brewster's Millions. Ah, Brewster's Millions. I should have thought Richard Pryor, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think... He's not a questionable... You know, when people are discussing greats, I don't think there's anyone who would go, no, Richard Pryor is not one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. He definitely was one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. Yeah. As an aside, his daughter, Rain Pryor, is amazing as well. She should be really, really famous, but isn't for some reason. I've never heard of her, so that probably explains the fact that... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, then. So, Bruce's Millions. Obviously, the economic thing is that it's all about money. Why this film? What's it all about? Tell us about Bruce's Millions. So, Bruce's Millions is directed by Walter Hill, who got the job after making 48 Hours with uh, Eddie Murphy. And he essentially yep. has said since that he took this job for the cash and it was a big hit uh, as well. Uh, so he's happy he <laughs> took the job. Um, it's about Pryor, who plays Montgomery Brewster, which is the most magnificent name ever. Um, yeah. Yep. He is a minor leagues baseball pitcher who sort of never made it. And he finds out that he is the sole living heir of one of the richest men in america and he's told that he is in line to inherit 300 million dollars if he can spend 30 million dollars in a month now you might think that is easy to do but there are certain rules that Mm. come up in the film that that he can't he can't just give it away he can't buy a a picasso and set it on fire because he can't destroy anything inherently valuable yeah and you know it, it's very much about i'm not going to get into every aspect of it because i do want people to go and see no this. no no not yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, well a lot of people have heard of it but it sort of got lost over the years um yeah it's uh, what I, I i i was watching it yesterday actually um and i forgot how political it is there's a certain part there's very political but the whole thing is sort of like this i don't know if it's like a a map for like a socio-capitalist ideal (laughs) this idea that you know uh rich person doing good things with his money 
because he he's sort of forced to, but then discovers the the benefit. The idea is that he's the person who Bruce is inheriting the, the money from wants Brewster to not piss it all away when he gets the full yeah. if he gets the full inheritance. Um, and he wants him to hate spending money. And the sort of the antagonists are the lawyers who handle the estate because they'll get the money if Brewster fails. It, it, it is a great film. I've, I've seen it many times, I think. Um, but it's based on, well, it's the remake of a remake. Yes. Of the original. That was written of at a the book. beginning of the century, yeah. I think. Of the 19th yeah. century. Not 19th, 20th century. Not 19th. Uh, yeah, like it, it, yeah. Brewster's Millions was, what, 85? So I think it was 1902 yeah. the book was written. But I doubt they had Something like that, yeah. my men. No, well, I mean the the original was an the original film was thirty five, yeah. and I think it was an Englishman set to inherit like a million pounds if he could spend six million pounds, and then they boosted it up a little bit. Well, what's amazing by forty five? Yeah, what was amazing about <laughs> it is I was thinking to myself, oh, this is really going to have dated massively, and obviously it has a bit. But what? Yeah, it's very clever the way it's done. That the only real changes are some like gambling laws, uh, slightly different. Yeah, there's various little bits, and it's probably easier to spend money. But it's it's very well done, and it's obviously you know this. It's not quite black exploitation. There is obviously a bit of like no. the, the lawyers represent sticking it to the man, but it's more about a nice guy yeah. who just wanted to play baseball who's had a bit of a rough yeah. run because he's a bit of a Jack the Lad. And I, I, we haven't yeah. said, John Candy is the second lead. John Candy plays his yes. best mate. And what's funny watching it is I haven't gone and read up too much, but you can imagine there's a fair bit of ad-libbing from those two because they were juggernauts. Yeah, I think on when you if you watch it, and it, it has been a while since I've watched it, but I have watched it a few times, you definitely it, there's elements of it that seem very unscripted. Yes. That just seem like they've just been having a bit of a laugh on set, and that's there, just the way it is. There's one bit, and I'm sure our millions of listeners will probably come after me millions. if I got this wrong. Billions, yeah, of listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're big in China. Um, <laughs> we uh, there's a bit where he the six thousand of them. Now I'm. I won't be. I'll be cut off now. Sorry, guys. Just there's a lot of you. Um, the first time he meets the love interest fiance, they have this yep. whole thing and he offers him money for his charity. And the guy goes, prior closes the door. And this is the only time it happens in the film. He look, he breaks the fourth wall and says, what an asshole. And I was thinking about it in the car today. And I reckon they probably told him just say it offhand to yourself, but he decided to go straight to the camera. Because he's, yeah. you know, he, <laughs> yeah. but it's the only time. It, it's he's... sort of, it's a bit of a weird film the way it's put together. Like it randomly has made up quotes, as in like quotes from characters, come up on screen as text. Like it has a sort yes. of intro scroll, but then randomly they'll have like the newscaster for the thing will 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 have a quote pop up on stage as a sort of moving bit that you don't actually need, but I quite liked. Yeah, it's got some interesting stylistic choices, let's call them. Yes. Well, it's Walter Hill doing something, because I I bloody love Walter Hill. Like The Warriors is one of my favourite yeah. films. And I, yeah. Last Man Standing with uh, Bruce Willis, if if someone's listened to yeah. this, 
and we're a few words in. If I can find a way to shoehorn that as a choice so I get to watch it again, because <laughs> uh, I have children now, so I really have to like ration what I get to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he... I can see why you'd want to try and shoehorn that one in. Though. That's a brilliant oh, film. That's a great... It's a film that I think... I'd, I'd be tempted to as well. What's interesting about those films, and I, I think when you get to... Because I, I sort of, you know, live, we lived through the 70s and 80s and 90s where yeah. films got bigger and bigger. And now what we know is blockbusters now, it's almost like there's a blockbuster almost every week. Or it's not quite, but we're used to blockbusters all the time. But then films yeah. were a big deal. And, film, I, you know, there's films yeah, yeah. that when they came out, massive deal. And now people don't talk about them. And I actually think, yeah. well, Last Man Standing is one, but Brewster's, I think, I mean, I was only two when it came out, but it was a big film for many years. It was popular in video shops, I remember. Yeah, I think I saw it first on video. It certainly wasn't one I saw at the, the cinema. Definitely got a, a VHS copy of it back in the day. I Great stuff. Pete Davidson, <laughs> you know, the, the comedian, you know, he collects VHS tapes. Does he? Yeah, because wow. it's, it's cool, young people. Um, but I bet you he's is got it? a copy of Bruce. Supposedly, supposedly he's making money from it as well. There's a collectible market. But surely no one's got VHS anymore. I mean, I haven't got a VHS player anymore. No, I haven't. I haven't why would you have one? Because yeah. you really want that grainy quality and that sound of yeah. like cement mixer while you're trying to watch a film. Yeah, and that ability when you pause it for them to do the little dance that they do when they're on pause. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. For those people that are listening, Matt's just kind of done a little jiggy jiggy thing there. Yes, sorry, I forgot this is an audio. Be, be glad. Um, I um, yeah, no, I did. probably a good idea with this too. But I um, I, I got it on Amazon Prime. Uh, Bruce's yep. Millions. So let me say that again. Yeah, I got Bruce's Millions on Amazon Prime. Um, I think it's reasonably cheap. I don't think any of the other streaming service, as we're recording, that always changes, has it. Yeah. I think it's a film that, yeah, I think it's held up much better than I thought it had. It's, it's quite a I think my kids would actually like it and just the thoughts behind it. And then what he does in the end, which I won't spoil because it's such a good film, what he does in the end to sort of get rid of a chunk of the money yeah. is just sublime. And actually, it's something that I... Uh, when I'm talking about politics to someone or elections, I, I will refer back to. And I'm de- yes. definitely being uh, spurious because I don't think this film is as well known as it should be. One that I can see Hollywood returning to and remaking at some point in the future. Because they've well, there've already been two versions before this one. It's something that you can see with spending money and stuff it, it's kind of in the zeitgeist again of spending money is difficult to do or there's not enough money going around so some out of work guy getting loads of money and suddenly having to spend it kind of fits with the way the world's going then i can see a remake of this in the next few years yes it would be interesting because there are i mean what comes out very quickly in the film is brewster is very smart he's a very canny yeah. man and he is one yeah of the, one of the ways he gets, like, he sort of gets round loopholes. It's got great things in it, like weird, geeky things. So, like, Rick Moranis has a weird little cameo. Yeah. Just turns up, and I'm I'm going to IMDb to get the actor's name for the next one. Of course, so, well, of course well. why wouldn't you? Uh, oh, well, firstly, Jerry Orbach is in it, as a who is, of course, Lumiere in uh, Beauty and the Beast. He doesn't see yep. Here we go. Pat Hingle, 
who was Commissioner Gordon, I think, in the Batman TV series. Yes. He's one yeah. of the main parts of it. And it's um Wow. Yeah, and he's he's great. He's got a very memorable voice. Yeah. But it's it John Candy's just fantastic in it. And their yeah. friendship their their sort of their friendship banter is great. Because one of the big things, yeah. and I haven't said this, which is silly, he's not allowed to tell anyone what he's doing. Yeah. He's just telling people he's inherited 30 million. And he yeah. and he's sort of making out that he's gone a bit mad. But they don't yeah. know he has to spend it off. to get. But the baddies don't play by the rules. No, they don't. They don't. Well, they never do in these things. Never. No, they never. never. But it's funny for someone who wasn't a comedy director. I think Walter Hill does a very, very good job. I, I would agree. I mean, it's it's a it's a really well put together film. It's a it's a good film. It's it's cuts at the right times. The the speed and the pace of the comedy is all there. So for someone who didn't do comedy, it's it's amazing that it's as funny as it is. But I suppose again, you're working with Richard Pryor and John Candy. It's going to be difficult to not be funny, isn't it? Yes. Don't know. I think the other thing about yeah. it, and it it it's it. it says it at the beginning of the film, but doesn't really do it too much through it, which is good. It's all about the American dream. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's quite a good, it's one of those like postmodern views on the American dream. <laughs> oh, God, I you know. the word. <laughs> and in the 80s as well, obviously, when, you know, greed is good and all that stuff came on. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't been at film school for 16 years, but I'm surprised it's not talked about more when looking at Think you know people talk about like Easy Rider and stuff being about yeah, the yeah. American dream, but I think this film is quite a positive look. I think it's kind of a bit um, a hint of socialism in there, of the not yeah. necessarily exactly that, but you know it's a rich man, and as he goes through it, he's very generous with it because he has to be. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's part of it that he quite likes helping people. That, then, is the first of our double feature films, that being Brewster's Millions. Going to use this as the little bit where I say what our email address and stuff like that is, because it seems like a good time. About to do the second film. You know, fits. If you want to get in touch with the show, our email address is tdfspod at gmail.com. It's cool, isn't it? Really catchy. Yeah. We also, I thought about it this time. I didn't find the podcast. All of our socials are all TDFS pod. So on X, on Instagram, wherever you want to find us, just search up TDFS pod. There you go. Nice and easy. It's like yeah. A little, uh... Yeah, it's like a drum roll. Yeah, it's good. I like it. So my film then. Do you want to hear about my film? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me try and guess, which I yeah, won't yeah, get. Yeah. Oh, you can try and guess. Okay, my film is from 1984. Okay. It was the first film from a director who would go on to become one of the most influential directors slash podcasters that there ever was. Right. Mm. Go give me it's one the, more. Well, this, this is the giveaway then. I'll give you the giveaway. Uh, it's the first film in the View Askew universe. Is it? Is it Clerks or Clerks? Clerks, because it's American. It is indeed well done. Yeah. Did you get that from the View Askew one? Yeah, Clerks. 
job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. Yeah, I went, see, I took the economic and went completely the other way to you. Because this one was economic, because obviously it was made on a shoestring budget, an absolute shoestring. Um, Kevin Smith, being the director slash podcaster I was talking about, um, made this in the shop that he was working at at the time, overnight, which is why they have this running joke of the fact that the shutters are down um, because they're broken. It's actually because they had to close them at night because the shop was shut. So the shutters are shut through the whole thing. Uh, it made it on a complete shoestring. It's in black and white because... That's the only film stock that he could get. It wasn't because of money. It's just all that was available. And it's just a brilliant film. And if you've ever worked in a shop, it's spot on. <laughs> it's what it's like working in a shop. Um, it's about two guys, two, well, one guy really, Dante Hicks, who's gone to his shop for the day. He works in a convenience store. He's called in for a day of work when he's not even supposed to be there. And it's, it's basically his day from the moment he gets up in the morning to closing the shop later that night. Along the way, there's just 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 funny stuff. And as a geek myself, it's full of loads and loads of geeky references to Star Wars, to Jaws, to any film that was around at that point in time. It's just a really, really good film. Yeah. I, um, I was a massive... Kevin Smith fan <laughs> when I was younger and I actually had was a... well no I mean I'm, a, I'm I'd say I'm a fan now I'm not like a massive yeah. obsessive right. I think when yeah I think that sort of clerks more rats chasing Amy they were all yeah. out on uh DVD and video yeah I think I'm on video yeah when I was in um sixth form yeah and yeah that'd be um, about right yeah I you when you're late teen, early twenties, those films yeah. do very I do I was working in a shop part time then. And yeah. um and also it 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 because you said eighty four at the top. Yeah. Is it not ninety-four? Yeah. Oh, do you know what I did say eighty four at the top. It is ninety four. It is well, completely well, ninety four. I don't know why I said eighty four. Because it's because yours 84. was eighty five. Yeah. It's got ah uh, that's why Do you know I what I did the same on the previous episode? Oh. I got my um, my decades wrong. Keep getting my decades wrong. It's because I've been around for so long yes. that I forget what's, how old they are. What's interesting is um, talking about the first Clerks is um, he's come back to it with Clark yes. Clerks three, which three. actually yeah, I, I like Clerks two as well. I'm saying it in American accent because I'm so I, when I see the word in yeah. my head, I try and say it like the shoe shop. Um, yeah, the third it's one is mad because yeah. it's a a love letter to the first, which actually I kind of dug it a bit, though it made me cry. Yeah, um, Cl- it's very meta. Yes, third one. The first one, uh, the first Clark's, we um, it's one of those like immensely quotable films. Yes, like if anyone absolutely. says thirty-seven to me, I'll say in a row. <laughs> And um, yeah. would you like be making fuck a berserker? 
<laughs> yes, that's a good line as well. It's full of yeah, and just anything that anything that Jay comes out with, to be honest. Yes, because it's um, just just meant. Well, yeah. I like it, it. Was now obviously Lost Boys had done a bit of like nerdy yeah. talk in it, but it had yeah incorrect the comic shop talk i haven't seen lost boys in so long but i remember i remember talking yeah. to someone about it and it's incorrect but it was that what's funny is the death star stuff that they talk about yeah i love that it's now been so long since the andor sort of touched on it a bit oh i didn't i've not watched andor yet i haven't so, yeah, caught up on it a, but... there's a bit of a touch on on that in uh in <laughs> well, on the fact that it was all all those workers that were killed yeah, by the rebellion. Sort of, you you yeah. get a bit more of an insight <laughs> into the process. but um, Right. So I, they weren't just workers, were they not? No, yeah. They, they, there is, I don't want to spoil Andor, but there's something. Um, All right, okay. Sorry. Because I, uh, I'm... From what I've heard, you can't. What? From what I've heard, you can't spoil Andor because it was spoiled Andor. the moment it went out. It's, but, it's, do it's, you? Okay. It, it's wonderful. Is it? And especially that. I've heard so many bad things. I didn't bother. No, right, no. Okay. Honestly, it's great. It's quite. Uh, it's quite Blade Runner in parts, but it is. It's great. Right, okay. It's worth sticking with. Um, so okay, because okay. I'm uh, I'll rethink. A, a comic and egotistical, and you happen to chose a film I have a personal connection to. I do have <sighs> wow. a personal Kevin Smith story. So wow, go I, on. I'm sorry, everyone who's a massive fan of me, my legions of, of fans of my comedy at Just Matt Zitron. I believe there are legions. 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 Um, legions. I went to private school uh, because. Oh, God. I know, it's terrible. Uh, shout out to my parents who essentially lived very lean for a number of years. So we went to a good school. But the school I went to, Alan Rickman went to. God rest his soul. And they happened when I was in sixth form to open this art center. And I sort of weaseled my way into the party at the end where I met ex pupils like Mel Smith, who was a bubbly, lovely man. But I met Alan Rickman. And at the time, Dogma was just about to come out. And I went up to him and I was sort of gushing about die hard and then i was gushing and then i went oh i'm really looking forward to dogma and we were chatting and then he offered because i said can i interview you for the school magazine and this is completely true alan rickman said to me yes would you like me to arrange for you to meet kevin smith as well and you can interview us both i'm 16 wow massive kevin smith's fan (laughs) so it was december 1999 and I went wow. to the Dorchester in London with a couple of friends. One friend who was like a big movie buff who I wanted to have there. And some guy just sort of turned up and I didn't feel like telling him the fuck off. And we went to the Dorchester. <laughs> I interviewed Alan Rickman for a bit. And then yeah. the guy from Miramax came out and went, listen, Kevin really wants to go to a comic shop. And it was late. So I called the comic shop that I went to at the time that I ended up working at and said, can you stay open? Because Kevin Smith and Alan Rickman want to come. So then we get in two cabs, <laughs> go to this comic shop, Gosh Comics, which is still going in London, uh, Berwick Street, if you want to visit. And they went, and the three of us hung out in this comic shop for a bit. And then we went back to the Dorchester. Wow. I was, because I had arranged the comic shop, they gave me a tube poster for Dogma, which is a bit like it's um, 
start after Gilbert and George that both Alan Rickman and Kevin Smith signed for me, which is outside my, wow. my marital bedroom. But yeah, then I interviewed uh, Kevin Smith and I gave him a teddy bear for Harley Quinn Smith, <laughs> who at the time was just a baby. And now, of course, she's in yeah. his movies. So yeah. that was kind of my like moment of... Yeah. That my, wow. Yeah, and that was 16, and I've dined out on that story. As you can tell, I've dined out on that story. But what he told me... Do you know, why wouldn't you dine out on that well, type of story? Exactly. That's an amazing story. I'm, I'm it's like, yeah. Full of stories like that. Um, what Kevin Smith yeah. told me at the time, I remember from the interview, which unfortunately, I had taken some polar... I took a camera that I'd borrowed from the art department, didn't have any film in it, and I had Polaroids from oh, the day no. that a teacher lost. But luckily, even though it was 1999, my father scanned... And I have the scan still. So maybe I'll wow. send them to you to pop on something to show like the, the socials. Um, yes. I remember at the time, Sounds Kevin good. Smith saying the thing that kind of pushed him towards making the first Clarks and then kicked on his career is I think he yep. saw Slackers or something like that. And I think it was from a guy from Austin, Texas. And he went, well, that's Bumblefoot, not knowing that Austin was a big music thing. But he yep. sort of went, well, if he can do it, I can do it, despite living in New yep. Jersey. And then we yep. were greeted with this, what's become this massive... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the, the viewerskew universe, as they call it, that just takes place in all the films coming in, in New Jersey, from the same type of area. The same two characters kind of go through them all, which is Jane Silent Bob. We see them in all sorts of different parts of their, their lives and how they affect other people around. To the point that obviously they got their own film at one point, which kind of is Dogma, but then Jane Bob strike back is kind of more theirs. And then there's reboot as um, well. Actually and then there's a reboot as well. Yeah. I haven't seen reboot. I've seen Clark 3. Wow. I've seen reboot. Yeah. I must admit, I've seen all of the others and not seen reboot either. Because I kind of thought Reboot was was kind of why they're doing it. Because from everything I'd seen, it was basically exactly the same story as Strikes Back. Just they were a bit older. Yes. And I kind of thought, do, do I need to see it? No, I don't think I do. I mean, big fan. I, I've even seen Jane Silent Bob do Degrassi Junior High. You know, this is... <laughs> I found that on DVD and went, ah, oh, I've got to watch that. That's great. And not a big Degrassi Junior High fan. I never have been. But Jane Bob were in it. It was like, why wouldn't you? So yeah, I um, yeah. I, I um, I. It's nice to see that he's helped people along the way, and he's yeah. looked after his gang, which yeah, after um, more rats included yeah. him helping out Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'd have. I don't even think we'd have a Ben Affleck if it wasn't for Kevin Smith. Yeah, because he isn't. Didn't he produce Goodwill Hunting or something? I think he's he was involved. Yeah, he was certainly involved in getting them off the ground and getting them into a place where they could make that film. Yeah, with that lovable yeah. rogue Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Won't we'll say anything about that. Yeah, but well, yes, you, I'm going to go back to Clerks because that's what we're supposed to be doing here. Oh, go on. Yeah, what are you going to say? With Clerks, hasn't he since? donated profits from it because of the Weinstein involvement because obviously he bought it at Cannes so let's yeah. I think it's worth worth saying on here that Kevin Smith did something ethical and from yes. his own pocket which you yeah. don't get a lot of filmmakers doing 
No, no, not at all. I mean, Clerks is a, a tiny little budget, which is going back to the whole economic thing. It was a tiny little budget, but it's now on DVD release and whatever else. It's made stacks of money, and he has. He's put some of the money back from that, and I think other films from the viewer's universe towards helping yeah, out. I think definitely Me Too campaign the first out. four are definitely all Miramax. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you know, we're not going to get into... You no, definitely Unfortunately, not. you can't disregard Miramax because it made some amazing nope. films. But, um, yeah. no, I mean, having worked in shops, and everyone who's worked in shops yeah. has had that pissed off, especially at that age. I think it is as well. It's worth yeah. noting that it's very much... Uh, it hits people in their 20s, early 20s. Yeah, like, it is. Working in yeah. a shitty job. Yeah. It doesn't have to even be a shop. It is just any shitty job at that age where it's just it's not what you want to do with your life. And you're just doing it to get by until you can do what you want to do with your life. The fact that they've done a Clerks 2 and Clerks 3 and these guys do that for their entire life is completely different to the point that they eventually, in Clerks 3, not to spoil it, but they buy the shop that they're, it's actually they're running the in the first one. Clerks 2, isn't it's it? Like, in Clerks 2, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they then buy did- it. If you view, if you sort of view the clock, clerks film, I'm going to do it the whole time. Sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> clerks, 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 clerks. Um, <laughs> clerks. What is done with that trilogy <laughs> of clerks films is it's Nicely his done. growth as a person, isn't it? It's all yeah, because yeah. he is because it's Dante's Inferno. That's why he's called Dante. Yeah, that he's stuck. absolutely yes, yeah. And yeah. he was Which... meant to die at the end of the first film, wasn't he? Yeah, I've got the because um, they did release both cuts, and I've got the cut where Dante dies at the end. And actually, they, they go back to that in Clerks Three. They say that that's how he wants the film to end with him getting shot at the end. Um, but yeah, he, the, the original cut, he, he gets shot in the end, and that's it. He's he's gone, which would have changed it completely. Because how could they then do a two and a three and whatever else? But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's Clerks. That's my choice. I think if you haven't seen it. It's definitely one that's worthwhile watching. Uh, it's very funny, and if you've ever worked in a shop, you'll know exactly where it's all coming from. It's um, it's funny you chose a film that I suppose we we've got very similar taste that you chose yeah, a yeah, film I that I know so well, and that yeah. there is this well, personal. You did as well. It's 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 really odd because Bruce's Millions was one of the ones that was on my list that I was thinking of choosing as well. Um, I had that on my list, and what else did I have? The Money Pit which is another one that's kind of like big-name actors and stuff. But, yeah, I, I went for Clerks eventually because I wanted to be away from the money side and something yeah. slightly different. There you go. There you go. But that's anyway, the joy that... of, the, of the podcast that yeah. as long as there's a spurious link, <laughs> uh, we can use it because it's our podcast. Absolutely. You can't tell us what to do. You're not my real dad. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. going to pick another random word for the next episode. So I've got my random word generator up. Can you give me a number between 1 and 10? I shall press the button that many times, and the word that it sticks on is the word that we will go with. Let's go with 3. 3? Right, okay. Everyone listen. That was me pressing the button three times. Did you hear that? It's amazing that you've got the button attached to a snare drum. I think that's such a... Yeah, it's good, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I thought it would be fun, you know. Anyway, the word it has got is, do you want to know? 
because I'm a bit unsure now. I'm dreading the way you've reacted to it. Go on, what have we got? I'm actually dreading what you might pick. Um, sticky. Oh, my days. The uh, my mind is shot yeah. to the gutter. Yes, I, I thought my mind did a little bit as well. Um, yeah, we'll try and keep it clean. That might be an idea. But next episode, we shall try and do a double feature with the word sticky. Our double feature this week, which was economic, which was Brewster's Millions followed by Clerks. Is that the order we think we should show them in? If we're going to have our big screen and we're going to have the drive-in videos, you know, the drive-in movie, is it going to be Brewster's and Clerks? Yeah, because you're, oh, you're almost clerks. doing them big to small. You're doing them year to year, but they're doing big to small, which I think kind yeah. of... Clerks is quite a good place to end on, actually. Yeah. Like, relaxing to watch. Right. And, and probably yeah. better when you've had a couple yeah. of drinks, even though it's a very good Probably, drink. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it works better with alcohol, I think, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. So that's our double feature this week. Bruce's Millions Clerks. Next time, sticky. Mm, sticky. <laughs> I've been Gav Smith. He's been Matt Zitron. That's it for now. Bye-bye. Not even supposed to be here today.